Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Joining with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Joseph. Yellow. And J.U. Uh, not here to talk about the latest Indiana Jones movie. No, we're here to talk about the one prior to that. The one that everyone says, oh, there's only three Indiana Wait, Jones the one, movies. The one we thought was going to be the last one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You know what's great about this? I haven't seen Dial of Destiny. You guys haven't seen Dial of I Destiny yet. But Last Crusade is an Indiana Jones movie about getting old and retiring. One of the last lines in that movie is, let it go, Indy. Right. And yet, 15 years later... We get another movie, right? Maybe twenty years later. I don't fucking know the difference about letting go. And here we are, fifteen years after that, right. and it's another old man indie story. Right. So yeah, here's how Kingdom of the Crystal Skull picks up Indiana Jones in the 1950s as he goes on the hunt to find a lost city in the Amazon where there might be aliens. El Dorado. Yeah, they, I think they only say El Dorado once. They do, but it is you know we can say Akatar or something like yeah. that. That's what it's called. What do we think of this movie, y'all? I feel like I need to talk about sort of my history with this movie. Yeah, you've only watched it once, right? Prior to this? Yeah, well, you know, I... Okay, so Living the Life, and I, it was the best era of Living the Life, because I'd probably been at the rave less than a year, and I just did projection at that point, which was the best fucking job in the world. You basically only dealt with adults... If you did your job right, you could get away with probably only having two conversations a day. I fucking loved it. So, you know, usually I would set up screenings for the kids, but I would at this point, I hadn't started watching screenings with the kids. I would either not watch it or set up something else myself. But I remember this and Iron Man this summer, this summer both had eight o'clock keys eight in the morning so you couldn't do a screening the night before you had to screen it at eight in the morning the next day no one else on earth wanted to do that so i got up to watch this at 8 a.m and you know i i don't know it may have been a different experience if i had other people watching it with me you know because sometimes you're self-conscious about what you're watching as to the reaction of the person next to you but the first time i watched this i fucking loved it I had a really great time. I'm not saying I thought it was perfect. There were definitely a few big flaws in it. But overall, I had a fun time watching this movie and left it and told all my friends, man, you guys are going to love this. It's going to be great. And then within about a week, I got a lot of negative returns on that. (laughs) Like nobody agreed with me on that. And over the years, they kind of just whittled me down. I kind of was like, yeah, you know what? This is a shitty movie. I just Because I do. You know, we all know this about me. I have a habit of liking things. Like, I like Despicable. to like things. Yeah. yeah. And uh, particularly upon first seeing them, I have overvaluated many things in my life. But watching this again, I... I shouldn't have caved into peer pressure. I'm not saying this is a great movie, but I think it's a good movie, and I think it's a fun movie. There's still lots of problems with it. You know, we'll talk about these as we go on. But I also think a lot of the things I liked about it has me when I wasn't worried about Dial of Destiny. Now I kind of am. So, yeah, that's what I've got. I like to think that the reason that that era of uh, living the life was the best era of living the life is because that's when I started living the life, too. I mean, <laughs> it, probably, it probably was. You know, you were one of the first, like, friends I made there. Look at that. 
You know, I mean, I already had some friends of people who I knew before I started there that were already there. Uh-huh. But I really, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to hang out with these kids who are all 10 years younger than me. But, I mean, that's super fair. But you have the cynicism of someone 20 years older than you. So <laughs> I, 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 I enjoyed your company right uh, away. A badge I wear proudly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, so I'm, I am worried about the rest of this podcast because I've already kind of pre-heard Christian's opinions on it. Uh, and I was prepared to come in here and, and be the heel of, of, of the episode because I'm not like, you know, I don't have as much nostalgic value, I don't think, for Indiana Jones as you guys do. And I don't remember liking this one when it came out. And uh, having recently uh, rewatched Temple of Doom and uh, most of Raiders of the Lost Ark, I'm like, this one's actually not that different. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's actually very much just an Indiana Jones film. It's not, I mean, it's got like little twinges. I would say less of legacy sequel things than I remember it having. Right. Like, I thought the whole thing was just like, here's that torch, Shia LaBeouf, but it's really not. There's only like two or three scenes mm-hmm. that I think they really lean into it. Right. Uh, but for the most part, it's just a normal indie movie. Right. Uh, and yeah, I guess indie's a little older, but I feel like the hijinks are, are largely the same. Uh, and it's, it's just kind of a Steven Spielberg movie. I don't really, I also am not kind of like, what was all the hate on this one for? Right. Yeah, this movie's totally fine. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. Well, okay, so I have a theory, which Joseph's kind of heard already, but I think part of the problem with this movie is not the movie itself. It's the audience's understanding of Indiana Jones. Right. Uh, which is, we watch it, we watch those first three, and it's like these kind of classic, you know, same vein as like Romancing the Stone, like reminiscent of the stories we were told at the beginning of the 20th century. Right. It's like Tarzan, Heart of Darkness, like in the heart of the jungle, against all odds, you overcome these things. And right. It's this fun adventure tale, pulp story. Right. And I think for George Lucas, that is not what Indiana Jones is. Right. I think for George Lucas was, he likes telling classic pulp stories from American Graffiti to fucking Red Tails to even in Star Wars, there's a fucking diner, and the speeders look like Corvettes. Like, <laughs> like there is a a, a a nostalgia with him that he likes telling those stories. I just think Indiana Jones is a tool by which he does that. Mm. So, in 1982, the movie he wanted to make was a 1930s adventure movie, and in 2006 or 2007 or eight or whenever this movie came out, he wanted to tell a 1950s pulp science fiction movie. Right. And he just pulled the tool out of the toolbox, right. which was Indiana Jones. Right. And the timeline worked out, the age worked out, like mm-hmm. everything's like, well, fuck it, it makes sense. Oh, this is what I'll do. Right. But people wanted the first thing, right. not the second thing. And I think that's really maybe my favorite thing about it, mm-hmm. is that it it's in this different era and it tells the sort of b-movie story yes. of that time mm-hmm. as opposed to as opposed to the 30s and one of the things everybody hates on on this is the is the nuclear explosion i mean I, that's what i wanted to touch on because this this movie uh, uh gave birth to a new like named trope which existed before this but right. they, they've it, it's kind of crystallized its meaning which is nuking the fridge right is, you know indy surviving the nuclear blast which i mean don't get me wrong is like it's stupid. It's not right. like it's not like the greatest moment of this film. Uh, but it, you know, it's come to mean it, it's come to be shorthand for like this is the end of, of a great franchise. This is the point. It's like the, it's like the uh, a jump in the shark for right. movies yeah, or yeah. for a movie franchise. Which, by the way, it's more accurate for this than it is jumping the shark because uh, when the thing with jumping the shark. Fonzie jumped the shark in, like, the third season. That show was still popular for, like, five fucking years after that. 
Yeah, I think that, I mean, it's, sure, it's ridiculous, but is it any more ridiculous than the minecart chase in, in Temple of Doom? That that minecart ta- chase gives no concern to physics no, whatsoever. No, no. <laughs> is, it any, is it any stupider than them escaping the fireball in the sewers in, in Last Crusade? No, they're, I mean, it's stupid on a bigger scale. Yeah. But I don't think it's any more of a stretch to believe. And and honestly, the the blowing away the uh, the model town with mm. the nuclear explosion, it's a pretty good effect. Yeah. I, really, I really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's a I think that is a perfect example of what we're talking about here. Is it, it you show that set and it looks exactly like it would in those B pulpy movies right. of the 1950s, and it. Whereas maybe the rest of the movie doesn't really look like that. Right. It kind of looks like a more classic Indiana Jones story. Like, I don't know. I kind of, I love everything about that scene. I, I get that it's dumb and would he survive? <laughs> no, but I, it doesn't upset me at all. I mean, they also it. fall down three waterfalls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, that's a little more ridiculous yeah. to me. But I mean, again, it's very of the time. You know, fear of the bomb was the thing yep. of this time. So it like... Height of the Cold War. Right. It fits just as much as any of the stuff in the other ones did. Yeah. I think where this movie is, which by the way, fucking, there's no spoilers. It's been out for 15 years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely if, not. if we're spoiling this, that is your fault. I think the the biggest deficiency in this movie is the lack of a good supporting cast because in the first one like Sala and Marion are great characters right. and you get on board with them. In the second one, listen, you know, fucking at least short rounds good. I See, know those Willie's, might be Willie Willie is not as bad as people make her out. Willie is exactly who Willie needed to be. <laughs> Maybe. Like, well, she couldn't be Marion. We just had Marion. I, I figured at some point we were going to relitigate all of them, uh, <laughs> but we'll get there. Um, and, of course, in the third one, you get Henry Jones, and he's just fucking awesome. Right. And you bring Marion back, and that hits for me. Yeah, me too. And I think Kate Blanchett's good as the villain, but, like, Ox and Mutt are just worthless characters. Well, movie. and I look, here's the thing. They don't do anything. Yeah, no, like, I will say, on a rewatch, I feel like I I still have a lot of preconceived notions about Shia LaBeouf because he seems like an asshole in real life. Right. Uh, But, you know, he's actually not that bad. He's not bad in the movie. He's Uh, not bad. No. Uh, Go ahead. But but I I also want to say, I understand that that Ox, like, doesn't really have a lot to do because most of the time he's all, like, just, you know, brain scramble and whatnot. But, man, there's nobody else like John Hurt, is there? I don't want to talk shit on John Hurt. Like, John Hurt, I miss that guy so much. (laughs) There's, like, a very specific old guy that nobody else does the same. You know, the thing is with Shia LaBeouf, first of all, I'm going to, when we're talking about Shia LaBeouf, I think we should just be clear. We're in the future now with you. (laughs) <laughs> we know he's garbage. Yeah. But we didn't know that at this time. So I, we're talking about these times. And I honestly think the problems with him are twofold. First of all, I think he was misused. I think, well, first of all, I, I read up on a lot of trivia on this. Do you guys know that originally it was going to be a daughter? Did not. Then they haven't said specifically they tried out for that role specifically, but who else could they have been? Scarlett Johansson and... What's her What's her nuts? Why can't I think her name? Phantom Menace? Natalie Portman. Natalie, Natalie Portman. Yeah. They both auditioned for something. So I'm assuming they, they did. And those might have been better fits for this character. Mm-hmm. I think for Shia LaBeouf to work in this, he needed to be a little goofier, a little less capable. His best moment in this movie is when he's about to be executed and has to comb his hair. Mm-hmm. Like, he should have been that guy up until the end and had like a sort of 
a moment where it, you know it all comes together. And I know the argument would be, well, why wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't he be capable? He's Marion's son. Maybe Marion kept him away from this. She lost her dad and the love of her life to it. Why wouldn't she keep him away? Yeah, I, I want to address the you know fourth wall here of us talking about Shia LaBeouf. And take a little personal responsibility. Maybe he ended up being an asshole because we were such assholes about this movie. Because <laughs> that was my second thing. I think a lot of it is also like what we talked about on The Mandalorian this year. You weren't mad at Lizzo's performance. You were mad that you weren't asked to do it and mm-hmm. Lizzo was. And that's the same shit with this. I'm sure that was the same shit with me to a degree. I sure would have liked him in Indiana Jones' son, but I'm not an actor, so they weren't going to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I just think... I don't, I can't remember, and I just watched the fucking movie. It's hard for me to remember anything that's so special about them, and including Marion. Right. Uh, like in Temple of Doom, and it's almost, it's almost like in, in, specifically in two and three. I don't know if those roles were cast before the script was finished, but there are lines in that movie that only Kihue Kwan and Sean Connery can deliver. Right. And they're simple lines, mm. like, uh, I very little, you cheat very big. <laughs> Only that dude can say right. that line. In fucking Last Crusade, it's even something as simple as, um, I should have mailed it to the Mox Brothers. Like, that is nothing, but the way Sean Connery says it is fucking incredible. <laughs> uh, nobody adds to this movie like that. Another thing is I really liked how Indy sort of goes back and forth between being himself and sort of being more like Henry Sr. in mm-hmm. this. And that and my favorite scene in the whole movie is when Indy finds out that Mutt's his son. Mm-hmm. And he immediately switches to, why did you let him quit school yeah. after he had been on the kid's side? for the-? I thought that was a great scene, and I thought that was a great scene for those two to do together. Like, there is a lot of it. It's like, we don't really need Mary in this. This could be any chick. Mm-hmm. But, but that scene is like, oh, yeah, that's those two's chemistry back yeah. there. I do, I do think in some ways kind of pokes fun at Indiana Jones. Right. Like it's it's very self aware. Like in Last Crusade, he says, you know, seventy percent of archaeology is in the library right. and reading and research. And yeah, then yeah. you know, fifteen minutes into it, get out of the library. Oh, outstanding scene, by the <laughs> yeah. way. I love that shit. That's yeah. some of the most indie shit of all the indie right. shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great bit. Yeah, and it's great that they did that like on home turf. You know what right. I mean? Like it's a classic indie chase sequence. Through a fucking school. Right. It's great. No notes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I I I think a lot of his bad rap is just that he was younger than the average indie fan. You know, I think most people wanted it, if not to be themselves, someone like them. But that's hard because all those, you know, you're talking people in, probably at that time. Right. Mid-30s. Right. I mean, look again. I, we've we've been over this before, but I generally feel that anyone younger than me shouldn't be on screen. So <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay with like early mid thirties as, right. as like a, a an age bracket. But but who would have you? I mean, if that's if that's so many people's problem, yeah. And we could go back in time I, and say, don't do it. Who would you choose instead? I don't. I don't think that was the problem with the movie. But oh, I don't know. Especially like right right at that particular time. Yeah. Zach Efron. You'd have the same response. He's, yeah, but he's like he's like eighteen then. Yeah. I really don't know. I don't know either. Jude Law? Oh fuck. Jude Law probably would have <laughs> a pretty good choice, truth be told. i I know at the time I was the, about to say Jude, Jude Law is probably older than he looked at that time, but right. he'd probably pull it off. Yeah. I know at the time the popular choice was Brendan Fraser, but I mean uh, that that was 
That was a very specific Too on the nose. I want to roll that back because I want to leave the opportunity for Jude Law to play a Nazi at some point <laughs> in one of these movies. Oh, yeah. He'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I you know, bringing up Nazis, right? That's kind of what I'm worried about with the new one. I'm worried that we're stepping back and just do, you know, we're back to Nazis. Yeah. We're back to, like, I feel like we should be, if we're doing something set in the late 60s, early 70s, it should be like that kind of movie. It should be more anti-establishment. The, I think I might have said this same thing in our pitch uh, Indiana Jones movie, but the bad guys should be like, FBI, CIA, government agents, because mm. that's what the mindset of that time was. Yeah. Also, I feel like, again, because people had such a negative response, they don't appreciate... I think the commies are a good bad guy. I do, too. Movie. I think they're cor- the correct bad yeah. guy for the time. And Kate Blanchett is good in Kate it. Kate Blanchett Man, is good in that, it. She's I, hamming it up. I can't, I, was about to say, I can't decide if that accent is just awful or great. Like I, <laughs> I can't decide how much of its, its inconsistencies are intentional or not. Uh, and you know, I think that's fine. She's not consistent. I agree. No, absolutely but not. But I fucking love it. I know. It, yeah. Again, it, it fits for, again, kind of like the B-movie <laughs> quality Russian caricature. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think also most people's big problem with this is effects. And for me, bad effects can't necessarily ruin a movie. You yeah. know, I, I, I've made this observation before on here, I'm sure. But, you know, Doctor Who's looked consistently shitty for 50 years and people love that. I mean, here's my you just got to you just got to get people into it. Yeah. Here's my counterpoint hurt is that I feel like. Indiana Jones is built on the back of its like action sequences. Like if, I agree. If, if you think about it, if you think about any Indiana Jones movie, mm-hmm. you like it's it's just like the boulder rolling down the hill, the minecart scene. Right. You know, it's it's just very specific sequences in your mind. And the problem with the uh, the action sequence in the jungle, I don't think it's terrible. I mean, the CGI is not good. Again, it's not like that's right. not going to ruin the movie, but it also nothing about it is memorable. And that's like that's the bread and butter of the franchise. Well, I mean, that, yeah, that's kind of what I, I'm, I'm getting to really. Like, if you look at... There's bad effects in the other ones, too. Yeah. When the plane crashes in the mountain mm-hmm. in uh, yeah, Temple of Doom, that looks awful. But the spots with the CGI in this that bother me is when you know they could have done it live action mm. it looked better. Like, my best friend, his point in this movie, he just can't stand it any longer, is when Shia LaBeouf swings with the monkeys. Mm-hmm. And I would argue there's no better way to do that. You can't, <laughs> you can't get a real version of that shot that would look better. It's going to... If you're intent on having him swing with monkeys, that's the way to do it. Uh, but then you look at, like... Shia LaBeouf and Kate Bland just sword fighting on the two vehicles besides each other. How fucking badass would that have looked if they would have actually? Oh, for sure, it'd be incredible. And it's not something outside of the realm because it's shit they did in every one of the other movies. Like they could have made a better version of that. Yeah, I mean that's that is the worst sequence of the movie. Yeah, is the they're on the duck boats and cutting through the jungle and the sword fight and fucking swinging from the branches it's not good right yeah it's just it's not but does i don't think it should ruin the whole no right i also think and this i don't know i don't know what people's complaints are because i know sometimes the complaint is that it's just that it's aliens and that seems stupid but i don't i don't think that's fair i i mean you know man i mean i kind of like that indiana jones proved the existence of aliens he already proved god existed he's proved two gods exist (laughs) let him prove aliens exist i i I think one of the things that undermines the finale of it is Mm -hmm. one 
it is just kind of a rehash of the first one, like kind of the ending of oh, the right. un- we we are learning the unknowable we were never meant to know right. and that kills right. us and like that that's a whole thing. I don't I don't love the whole like I don't know. I, I it's Steven Spielberg. It's, he just kind of redoes Close Encounters, but I feel like there was probably a more like visually interesting way to do the right. aliens that wasn't just you know exactly what we thought it was going to be but definitely the thing that as i was rewatching, I was like this could have made so much more of an impact at this particular moment is when it's kate blanchett like receiving all of this un unknowable knowledge and like the the alien skeletons are like merging into each other if they had just done a fucking like terrifying fucking practical alien instead of that right. cheap ass cgi like that would have burned into the brains of young children forever <laughs> right. and they'd never forget this movie right but instead yeah. it was just kind of a generic you know mid 2000 CGI right. gray alien guy. Right. And that was like, that's okay, but. He walked right out of this and right into Cowboys. And 100%. Aliens. <laughs> yeah. It's funny if that is. I mean, I agree with everything about the alien. The, like, the all knowing is not a replay of the first one in my mind. That is the ending of basically all of them. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah. Certainly I, one and three. Right. Two, you can say maybe not because no one's really gaining knowledge or whatever, right. but. That is the indie trope, is the bad guys do kind of win, right. and then they can't handle the consequences right. of that. Right. But to the alien point, like, which if Steven were listening to this podcast, he'd be very upset because he's very adamant that it's not fucking aliens, apparently. That's, you know, he doesn't, because of the well, close encounters I was about, thing. I was about I, to say, on two different occasions, explicitly, a character's like, is it aliens? I'm like, no, no, no. Extra dimensional beings. Yeah. I probably hate that more than any other <laughs> oh, element oh, in the movie. Oh, for sure. Because it's such between a spaces. stupid reason it, for it's, it. It's both such a stupid reason, and it is one of the most, like, we're stopping the film to tell you guys, no, 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 it's not aliens. I know what you're thinking, but no. I'm not making this movie I've already made twice. <laughs> I'm making this movie I've already made three times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, then it would be five of his movies yeah. that he would have made again. Um. One other thing I learned in in the trivia, props to Harrison Ford, because they really, they wanted Indy to come back and just dye his hair and put him in fucking Barbra Streisand soft focus and just pretend like he was young. And he was like, no, I'm not going to do it unless I'm old. So, I mean, I think that's cool. He still is very handsome in it. I mean, I mean... He can definitely do that in ways a lot of other people can't because yeah. he's maybe the most handsome senior citizen ever. What's, <laughs> what's crazy to me, too, is I thought he was fucking old. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time, I was like, oh, he's too fucking old to be doing this. And he's probably like 60s at the time. Yeah. But the thing now he's doing it at 80 right, right. is mind-boggling. Well... I know I also remember at the time thinking, oh, Marion doesn't look so good. Marion looks fine. She looks fine, yeah. 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 yeah is, she, just, is, she, is she bringing any acting to this, this no, movie? No, not, not at all. all. I mean, you know, acting, I don't think it really been her thing for a while. Yeah. You know? Yeah, she'd definitely been out for a bit. Yeah. I do, my new, like, conspiracy theory about this movie is I think Dan Aykroyd and George Lucas are better friends than I realized. Right. <laughs> With now knowing that Dan Aykroyd is in Temple of Doom, and I think he absolutely had something to do with right. this movie. That dude is obsessed with the, was it, Mitchell Hedges' skull, like, and he absolutely believes in things like interdimensional <laughs> beings. He does. So, Dan Aykroyd definitely got a pass on this script, I believe, at some point in time. Is there anything else we have on? Uh, do, you guys rem- do you guys remember that this was the second biggest movie of the year? I did not remember I that. don't I- I mean, in living the life, I remember the theater being so much busier for Iron Man, so much busier yeah. for The Incredible Hulk. I remember 
this one's just not really making that much of a dent for us. But only thing that outperformed it was Dark Knight. The only thing I remember about it is it was the movie tunes after the theater was the Indiana Jones theme for like six straight months, <laughs> right. uh, which I really didn't enjoy. Right. Yeah, God, John Williams works his ass off in these movies, not just because the score is so good, but there are long fucking stretches of just constant music. Yeah, yeah. Any, all that chase sequence, there is dialogue in it, but God, there's so much music. I, I say he works his ass off. He also just repurposes the yeah. same shit over and over again. Uh, not, like, not a knock. I get it. You got a lot of stuff to fill, but the, the there's like a, a soft moment theme in this that is exactly the same as the Leia theme. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if you've got hits, play them. Yeah. Yeah, I think in Last Crusade, there is multiple minutes that is just the Dark Side Empire theme. Right. <laughs> because of that dude. But So, I'm going to ask you, Hurt. I know Joseph didn't. Did you rewatch all of them? I've rewatched all of them lately, yes. So, when we decided to do this, I was going to just watch this one. And then, this is where my knock on it comes from. Right. I couldn't accept Kingdom of the Crystal Skull being the only Indiana Jones movie I watched. Right. So I did rewatch all of them, but I watched them in one, two, four, three order mm-hmm. for no reason other than I was starting to feel a time crunch, right. and then we pushed a week, uh-huh. so then I got three in there, too. Right. But right. I came out of it solidified, in my opinion, that Raiders is the best. I'm sorry you and Ian are wrong. Okay, here's the, here's the thing. I have this thing about... ACDC records. I'm wearing an ACDC yeah. t-shirt right now. This wasn't perfect. supposed to this wasn't supposed to play into the podcast, but I'm just now realizing it does. Graded against all albums, the best ACDC record is ACDC's Black and Black. Graded against just ACDC records, the best ACDC record is Powerage. Now, I can't explain how that works. I'm not a scientist. I'm just telling you these facts. <laughs> and I think it works the same way with indie movies. Graded against all movies, Raiders is the best. Like, Raiders, depending on the day of the week you ask me, I would say that's the best movie ever. But grading against each other, I think Temple of Dumb, I had Temple of Dumb. That's Temple kinda, of Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Temple of Doom, I kind of have more fun watching. I've said this before, I like it because it has the best villain of all the movies. That dude's fucking terrifying. Yeah, but Kalram doesn't show up for an hour. He's when not he in the shows, first hour of that movie. But when he shows up, you know it. Yeah, he rips a dude's heart out. <laughs> and, you know, I just think the action in it is really dumb and fun, and I just, I just enjoy it a lot. I think also... You know, I don't know. I, I don't, I, you know, maybe also I liked it because watching it as a kid and there was a little kid in it. I'm yeah, the little yeah. kid, you know, you know, same way little kids like Robin when they're reading Batman and Robin mm-hmm. comics. So I, I don't know. I thought there was no evidence to support that having like the insert kid made people more engaged with like they did a study like way after like Robin and, and Superboy and all that kind of stuff to realize that kids they would have the same amount of engagement with or without a, a I mean maybe that's true parallel, maybe I was yeah. just a really dumb kid <laughs> you know <laughs> um, I, I will say uh, having I, I I know that the rest of this this podcast is pretty high on Temple of Doom uh, I this is the one that I most recently rewatched Temple of Doom on a plane uh, and I'll say after re after rewatching Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think I'm going to put it ahead of Temple of Doom. Shit. It, might, it might be my three in Temple of Doom. I, I can't definitely get that. I think one of the things that also helped me, I talked about this with you last week at the end when we were mm-hmm. done with the podcast, was that my least favorite of the original three had always been, um, had always been Last Crusade. Uh, you know, 
I love Henry Jones, all that stuff. I just thought overall the villains aren't very strong in it. I felt like I've always felt like there should have been a second girl. Mm-hmm. Like once the first, you know, these are sort of Bond films. And in a Bond film, if there's a girl in the first half of the movie that betrays you, you got to have a girl in the second half of the movie that breaks your balls about it. So, but I'd read some clickbait article that that movie should be watched as a screwball comedy. And I watched that again as that. And I loved it as that. And I think that also helped me in rewatching Crystal Skull because this one is definitely more comedy oriented mm-hmm. than the first two. Yeah. I agree. Both three and four are more comedy. Yeah. And three is more comedy than people remember it. Right. Yeah. I mean, one is the best to me. Raiders is a, it's, it's standalone. It's perfection. I mean, there's just nothing wrong with that movie, but two and three, the it's real, it's real thin. You just got to catch me on the right day. Right. <laughs> uh, I like Willie more than I like, what's her name? Dr. Schroeder or whatever. Right. Um, she's terrible. She's the worst of the female leads, but Fucking Henry Jones is so great. But the bar between that, like those two are neck and neck, and then the gap between that and Crystal Skull is minimal. Like yeah, it's it, really it's, it's really, really not as big as we yeah. made it out to be. I honestly think if more people had given Crystal Skull a second chance, we probably wouldn't even be watching Indy Five. Because I think I think if you give it a second chance, it's a perfectly fine ending yeah. for, for Indy. It's a happy ending for him, which I'm thinking this one probably won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had some stuff spoiled, and it's not. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. You should watch Kingdom of the Crystal Better Skull. than Transformers. It is it's, better than It's better than... And you know what? You've, you've watched a lot of other movies with shitty CGI that you thought were fine. Give this one another if chance. If this movie came out now, I, I don't feel like we'd hate it as much. Yeah, I don't yeah. either. Like, I, I've watched so much shit since then. This is totally respectable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's it for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Coming up, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. What have we been watching the last weekish, guys? Uh, let's see. I, uh, you know, I haven't watched Dial of Destiny yet, so I can't say this is true for that. But it feels like there's been this trend, at least watching like Rotten Tomatoes, where people shat on that movie really hard, and now, like now that it's out, it's gotten way better reviews. Right. Like the audience score has gone up, the critic score has gone up, and I experienced this with another movie that I feel like got shat on really hard for no reason, which is Elemental, uh, Pixar's latest film. You know, it's Zootopia but with elements, and that movie's pretty good. I mean, again, it is just West Side Story and Zootopia had a baby, <laughs> and it would be this movie, and it's probably a little too much for kids like i don't think they fully understand especially the last act of that movie but it's pretty good it's not i wouldn't say top five pixar but it's certainly not the detriment or a like step backwards that i feel like people have kind of made it out to be or at least it feels like critically has made it out to be i don't know i i don't it feels like there's some weird tension between what critics are viewing movies as and what movies actually are and i don't know if i'm just being more aware of it but I, was, I was about to say is it is it what critics are viewing uh things as or is it like what the internet is viewing things as you know i mean well, i don't follow just a random a lot of random no, people I, I know but, but like I'll, you know I'll, i don't i don't know who the specific critics are that are are in and out if we're doing like aggregate scores for rotten tomatoes but all those guys are beholden to you know clicks and views also well I, yeah, that's true you, you definitely you definitely get more responses by hating something and hating it early i haven't seen this but the vibe i'm getting from it is that the critics like it don't like it because they think it's too dumb 
And the people, whether they know it or not, don't like it because it's not dumb enough. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They want well, see, cars. And that's a weird dichotomy. It is. To it totally is. I think, and I think that Pixar is struggling with that. They're, you know, they're struggling with you've got to make something like fucking minions to get the kids involved. But they're used to making really smart movies that kids love. They're used to making toy stories. Mm-hmm. They're used to making, you know, shit like that. I mean, it's a good point because... If you, if like, what's smarter, this or Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> this by a fucking country mile. <laughs> right, hey. uh, Super Mario Brothers is dumb as shit, but it made a billion dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when's the last time Pixar made a billion dollar movie? Which is crazy, because five years ago, all of them right. was free money. I mean, they are they're, seem like they're in a rough spot, you know? Yeah, and again... I feel like, from a critic's perspective, they're blaming it on creative choices, but I don't think that's true. Right? Like, well, you know, Soul is a movie that I liked, but I don't think has wide mass audience appeal. Right. It was dealing with like the concept of death and second chances and rebirth and jazz music and like <laughs> what it, like that doesn't have huge appeal. And this is a love story at heart that. You can't make a movie for a four or five year old. And I don't want to give any spoilers, but if you know the ending of West Side Story or say Romeo and Juliet, that should tell you what the ending of this right. movie is. And uh, it's hard to sell that to a family. Right. But when critics are saying this is fucking dumb as shit, right. why are you why are you making Minions for? And you're like, that's not what we made, right? I on, on Soul, I do believe and. I don't know, this maybe doesn't resonate with you guys where you guys are younger than me, but I think that failed because of Mr. Rogers. Because I think kids, at least for me, whenever I hear jazz music, oh shit, they're trying to make me learn something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't want to learn something, you know? That's funny. That's it. Elemental's better than Transformers. People should see it. All right. Well, I, I, I'm going to try to decide here what I'm going to... Are we going to do The Flash, or should I just talk about The Flash here? I'm probably not going to make time to see it in theaters. I'll probably When it comes on max in a month, I'll probably watch it then. Probably same. Okay, so we'll just wait till then and do it. Okay, that's fine. Okay. All right, then I'll, I'll, I'll talk about... A, uh, just tell me if it's better or worse than Transformers. <sighs> oh, shit. Never mind. Don't go... That's enough. <laughs> I, you know... You know, it's one of those things like... I, okay, I'm going to talk about it a little now, without getting spoiled. Now, now, I want to say, it's one of the things that makes you good at having a podcast, but I don't think you've ever been able to give us a one-word answer for anything. <laughs> it was like a yes or no question, and you're like, well, let me tell you a story about my childhood. <laughs> I mean, it's not quite that, but I do think... Remember when James... Uh, Gunn said, oh, this is one of the best superhero movies yes. I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to translate you to what he's saying. He's What he really said was, in the first part of this movie, there's a great action sequence that I could have done better and put to a cool song. The song, by the way, would have been uh, Whitney Houston's The Greatest Love of All. Interesting. That's what he was saying. I don't even have to hear him say it with the song. I know that's the song that was in his head for that scene. <laughs> Man... I don't know. I th- I think it's so hard to judge this movie on its own because we just rapidly saw two versions of it that were better, mm-hmm. you know, and both of them were Spider-Man movies, you know. There's parts of it I enjoyed, but man, a lot of people are ragging on it saying that, oh man, some of the special effects in that looks like PlayStation 3, and they're wrong. It looks like PlayStation 2. <laughs> like there's some, there's a, and there's just a point in this movie where particularly where you already know spoilers and you know 
oh man, all these people are about to show up and you think it's going to be like some kind of team up or some kind of running through dimensions and stuff like that. It's going to be so fucking cool. And they picked the least fucking cool ways to do it. It's just these big glowing time balls run into each other. That's not even spoiling anything to tell you. I'm helping you by telling you that. (laughs) You won't be disappointed when you come to this spot. But I don't know whether it was better or worse than Transformers. And I I don't really want to rag on it just because so many people are ragging on it. And it's not really that bad. It was just too little too late. They should have got this shit out like two years ago. Yeah, and as particularly before the world turned on Asmara Miller because he's a creep. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what was well, your other thing? Uh, yeah, I, I, honestly, it was just shit I had queued up if I wasn't going to talk. About <laughs> it. So, but we'll still do a show on that because I I would honestly like a chance to think on it further before I give a a final judgment. I have a feeling that Joseph and I are going to hate it. So maybe give you time to build some cases to defend there you it. Go. <laughs> I mean. I may also just decide I hate it between now and then. There's yeah. a, I, I don't know, You're man. You're 50-50 right now. I'm really 50-50. And the 50 of me that likes it, I think just wants to like it because everybody hates yeah, it yeah, so yeah. much. And there's a couple things going out of it that I'm just like, I was glad to see go about the Snyderverse. And now I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe we should have held on to that. Maybe that <laughs> thing was okay. But one last thing about it before I stop talking about it. It is just fucking crazy. That up until two weeks ago, we were still a maybe on Ezra Miller, but we were like, fuck Henry Cavill. I still can't understand what that was about. I mean, this is off track. I'm not trying to take Joseph's time, but did you guys see the bit where Henry Cavill said on a podcast he prefers Joss Whedon's version of (laughs) Justice League? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Well, you know know why it does, though? Because Superman's good in it. Superman is demonstrably better. It's a way worse movie, but the Superman character is the character that Henry Cavill's wanted to play the whole fucking Correct. time yeah. and never got a chance to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only, we watched it together, and I think we both walked out of it being like, that was pretty good. Like, yeah. I've never watched it again. I am perfectly fine with that being my reaction. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think our reaction was that was way better than it had any right to be. Correct. Yeah. It didn't feel like two movies to me, and it felt like a actual Superman. Right. Like, but I don't know. I just think just for the chaos that that yeah, throws yeah. into the fire. Why not? Love it. Stir in the pot. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I, I have a variety of things I could talk about. I'll, I'll talk about. Uh, I started watching The Bear. On mm. Hulu, man, everybody's all about that. Is yeah, it good? you know, it, it took me a while to, to get a, a like. I wasn't sure, right? Because it, it's one of the best produced shows I've seen in a long time. Like it's just, it, it's very flashy, well edited. Like it's, it's a ride. You know, right? You know, I'm gonna take a break from my what we've been watching and go back to Indiana Jones for a second <laughs> <laughs> because I forgot to mention one of the, one of the things. That's that I really love about the Steven Spielberg movies is that they're designed to be rides. Right. Like they're yes. designed to be theme park rides, and then there are just cameras there. And I love that he just continues to do that. Mm-hmm. Like that's in 2008 when nobody else is fucking doing that. He's still making theme park rides. Right. Outstanding. Right. Big fan of that. Uh, anyway, the bear. Right. Uh, Look, it's about food. It's about, like, uh, taking over a a failing diner in Chicago, and they're all a bunch of, like, 
you know, rough and tumble Chicagoans who have tough personal problems. And I'll be honest, it's kind of hard for me to buy into it dramatically. Right. There are parts of it where it's almost a little silly, just how, like, just sad, sad, like, grumpy people who can't talk about their feelings they are. Right. right. <laughs> uh, but I, everybody is really good in it. They've, they have really, uh, I think they've found the only two guys that are that like handsome version white trash midwestern or white guy uh to put in this show and uh, you know i don't know it's it's it, again they're very like quick watchable episodes you cannot watch them while you're hungry though because everything looks fucking amazing <laughs> <laughs> they had a whole thing on donuts and i like almost killed myself it was too much <laughs> anyway better better than transformers so far uh and the only uh, the other thing i'm going to give an update on is i i, I talked months ago about how they made a Gundam show that was good. Yeah. And then they stopped making that show good. It's still they're still making it, I want to be clear. It's just not good anymore. Right, right, right. Uh, which is a super bummer. It just drives me nuts because it's one of those things where I mean, you know, I, I definitely grew up at like the height of the Gundam popularity. Like the, the like the toys and you know they had Gundam Wing on Toonami. It was like I don't know, it was the the most in the zeitgeist around here that I can remember it being. Right. And I just I feel like the concept is so strong. It's just a super hammy melodrama with giant robot suits and laser swords. You know, like, I don't understand right. how you can fuck that up. Right, but right. they fuck every... So every single one is produced and made by the same company, Sunrise. Right. They're, they're like the broccoli family of Gundam. Right. Uh, and, <laughs> and I just... I Here's the thing. I think there are so many people who grew up with this, who grew up with, again, kind of like the way we've talked about other things from our childhood. Like, you, you've consumed it, but in your mind, you've, you've kind of filled in the gaps. You've made it better than it is. Every single one that Sunrise has ever been made uh, is just... It's just so fucking boring. I don't know how you make giant robot fights with swords fucking boring, but they do every time. I just... I just wish they'd give it to someone else because right. I think there are so many people out there who grew up with this who like have good ideas in their head to make it not boring, right. but they won't. Sunrise just keeps making all of them. They need to make the version of this that you remember in your head. Exactly. Not what it actually was. That's when you give it to Trigger. That's what Trigger's so good yeah. at. Anyway, that's my complaint. There are, no, there are no good Gundam shows. They all fucking suck. I, I think I, I'm almost positive the last time you talked about this, I did the same thing, but I'm not sure it's all due again. Go for it. There's, there's a YouTube show called Toy Galaxy that I really like a lot, and uh, he does a lot of good episodes on a lot of, like, 80s and 90s, you know, cartoon shit. But his his two best things are the shit he's done on Robotech and the shit he did on uh, on Gundam. His Gundam episodes are are pretty hilarious and and pretty thorough too. I really appreciate how often my parents would bring me probably against their own better judgment to places that were full of a bunch of sweaty 30-year-olds. Right. Uh, where, where definitely children should not be. Because, right. I mean, you know, I went to a lot of hobby shops to get a lot of Gundam miles. I right. went to a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments that were in uh, uh, card shops <laughs> and comic shops. And, uh, you know, I was the only... I was the youngest person there by 20 years. Uh, and But, I, you know, I, I had a good time before I got crushed by a 34-year-old who had bought every single starter pack of everything. <laughs> I mean, I... Um I was never super into Gundam, but I really do miss that era where there were just Gundam models everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Like, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Anyway, next week, Dial of Destiny. We're committing to it. We're, we're going to yes. do a movie while it's in theaters. Yes. yes. 
At least for now. <laughs> at least, at least yeah, for now. Ooh. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. If you have any thoughts about uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or any of the, the previous indie films, uh, give us your ranking. Uh, you can reach us at realphonies.gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies on Instagram, real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. <laughs>